and welcome to tonight's Big Recon on Sports 2021 NFL Draft Wrap-Up. I am your host, I am the Big Recon. Today it's Thursday, Mar March, wow, May the 6th, 2021. And as you can see, I am not alone. Um, Alex from Row 7 here. And Alex, I figured having you on here tonight, where I was trying to get tones, but he's doing Bucketeers. We did the draft together. We might as well do the recap together. So it was an interesting couple hours um, just to hit some highlights. Uh, for anybody out there who didn't know what was going on today, this is a double dip for Alex and I, as I did row seven with him and his brother just before this. But I said my second favorite moment from the draft was when it was announced at pick number 11 that the Chicago Bears had taken Justin Fields from the Ohio State University the dynamic dual-threat quarterback to pre the future of the Chicago Bears. My second favorite moment was you getting up and going to hug your wife, as you said, because they finally did something right. The moment that has actually had people reach out to me was the fifth pick in the draft. Was <laughs> Cincinnati. I, I was hoping that you were going to bring that up because – God, they couldn't help themselves. They just couldn't. But it's not that it wasn't our take on the pick. Because remember, we went after them, and then we said, okay, well, Jamar Chase, he's got a lot of good points, too. <laughs> it was the fact that the first words out of my mouth were, Joe Burrow is dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Tone, not uh, us not knowing that he's got the draft and our show, Picture in Picture, comes back and goes, what the hell was that? <laughs> I had... My buddy in Cleveland, um, one of them reached out to me and he goes, you guys were hilarious. <laughs> that and the Don Johnson wannabe comment really got him going. <laughs> so let me ask you your overall impression of the 2021 NFL draft. There were some surprises. Mm -hmm. The run on wide receivers when there were better fits, we felt, for those teams there. Outside of Jamar Chase and Justin Fields, for that matter. What was your biggest surprise of the 2021 NFL draft? Uh, I think you you attested to it that the uh, Cincinnati Bengals did not protect their quarterback after coming off of a year where he just tore his ACL and every other ligament in his knee. I mean, that, that one just stands out to me, and I'm not indicting the Cincinnati Bengals by any means because I have no affiliation, no fandom towards them, no, you know, no hatred towards them in any sort. But the fact that he's this man, Penny Sewell, the man who can, who is basically a, a proverbial wall who will block and protect Joe Burrow. And you said, no, we're going to give him more weapons. Was just, what? Yeah, and that was the mind-blow moment of the night. Now, Cincinnati did take in, uh, an offensive guard in the second round. Um, I'm looking it up, which is why I see my head down. They mm -hmm. did take Jackson Carmen out of Clemson. Um, in the second round, but yeah, the, the first round offensive tackle was the way to go. And even in the second round, they got clipped a little bit because Miami, another team that took a wide receiver, first of all, they took Jalen Waddle, which blew mine and yours and tones mind out of the water because Tua does have a ton of injury issues. Miami at least got smart and took Eichenberg in the second round. Right to play offensive tackle uh, at a Notre Dame. Listen, the Notre Dame tackles the last few years have been spot on. Mm -hmm. They play great. 
So obviously you were surprised the Bears did right by Justin Fields by drafting offensive line after that. When they got um, – They took Tevin Jenkins in the Tevin second Jenkins. round. That was the pick I want to ask you about because I remember you and I were talking a little bit on Friday uh, text messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, were you more excited they went O-line in the second round or were you more excited they were using their heads in the second round? Just the fact that they took their heads out of their rear ends. You know, you 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 went big and you, your splash was round one, no doubt. I'm still drunk from it, so there's that. But knowing that going forward – you're obviously not going to invest in Nick Foles and Andy Dalton. But if you get this guy, Tevin Jenkins, who is another wall out of Oklahoma State, to protect your future asset in Justin Fields, just said, wow, that's a that's a that's a one nice one-two punch right there. I, I was I was, you know, that was that got the definite round of applause for me. So just knowing that they didn't select a tight end like they've no been known to do for the past handful of years or trade up or trade down for another stupid pick was commendable for me. Okay, that stupid pick. I get you. Um, So, obviously the Bears had a great draft. What would you give them as a letter grade? I'm going to probably give them a solid A-. I I think because also I want to say it was in the third round. They drafted another offensive tackle, I believe it was. I think Uh, it was the fourth because I'm looking at the third round now, and I don't see that C on here. Okay, so maybe they – oh, I think they had to give up the third, right? Yeah, the third was part of the deal to move up to get okay. – um, Justin Chicago, Fields. Justin Fields, let's see, Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. So, yeah, Fields first, Tevin Jenkins second. Uh, fifth round, they got uh, Larry Borum, offensive tackle out of Mizzou. So another big boy. Yeah, no, yeah those offensive tackles from the Midwest, they're big dudes. Um, speaking of round five, I don't know if you saw this, mm-hmm. but Jacksonville uh, took a tight end with the first pick of the fifth round. Did they really? Luke Farrell uh, from Perry, Ohio, okay. out of Ohio State. Do you want to know what's so cool about that? Urban Meyer recruited him to Columbus. Huh. There is video of Urban Meyer making the call to Luke Farrell. Interesting. Very and, I gotta tell you, and again, it's an Ohio State guy, so obviously it's a lot of ties to my heart. Farrell had a huge game against Clemson in the playoff uh, to get Ohio State to the national and had a huge catch in the um, in the uh, championship game. But Urban gets on the phone. He goes, Perry, Ohio. And uh, Farrell goes, hey, coach, how are you? He goes, well, I got some news for you. We're taking you. And the kid couldn't believe it. And he goes, hang on. He goes, let me get my parents. And he puts his mom on the phone. The mother's crying. The father said, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> and it was great. And I love stories like that, especially yeah. with, you know, bringing guys that you know into your franchise. So speaking of bringing guys they know into the franchise, what was your opinion of Jacksonville trading back into the first round to take Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence's running mate, to play down in – Jacksonville. Now, here's the thing. Urban Meyer feels that he can be a Percy Harvin type player. Do do you know a lot about ETN or is this just what you've seen in the highlights? And what do you think of Urban's thoughts? I I do do like the pick, but where does that leave? Because they also picked up Hyde in free agency, right? So where does that leave James Robinson? 
see, here's the thing though, because if he's going to use him, ETN, like Percy Harvin, um, picture right. a Kareem Hunt type okay. role that the Browns have where they're going to have their back. I love Carlos Hyde, but he's, I don't think he's the feature back type anymore. So Robinson should be the feature back. But when you add a punch like ETN, I mean, look at what Carlos, what Carlos had. Look at what, um, oh, I just said his name. Look at what Kareem Hunt did in the playoffs against Pittsburgh. Hmm? Catching passes, he ran in two scores. Um, what he did all through the season, he was at outlet back, get a few carries here and there. He didn't have a lot of carries. Chubb was the workhorse. But ETN is quick. He's good on the outside. He's good in open space. And Lawrence and ETN basically ran this for three years. So it's something you can build on. So I understand what you're saying, where it leaves Robinson. I think Robinson will be the feature back. Okay. I think when Trevor Lawrence turns around to hand the ball off, it will be Robinson that gets the ball. Okay. But I, and I really didn't think of that dynamic, but I mean, if you're going to use uh, Etienne as like a pass catching back, kind of, you know, be a little, a little more of a, I guess in a slot type of role in a sense. Yeah. Flex slot, I guess you can say then that, then it does make sense. Yeah. I, I, I like him there. Um, I thought Etienne was going to be a gimmick backs, the wrong word because he's better than that, but he's not an in between the tackles type guy. Um, mm -hmm. But I like him there with Lawrence and basically now you're giving your number one overall pick a little bit of a security blanket. Right. Um, yeah. Jacksonville top around two, they took um, Tyson Campbell, the defensive back out of Georgia. This to me is where the draft got funny. And I was watching the Mets on Friday night. Of course you were. Duh. The night they got in the fight. Um, in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, okay. And I remember my, Zachary was sitting here like he was when we did the thing Thursday. And I flip my phone to ESPN. And then I flip my television to ESPN. Because the steal of the draft happened in round two. J-O-K ah. to the Cleveland Browns. You did text me about that. 52. For him to drop that far was now out he had a heart issue at one of his physicals. Okay. But he has been cleared to play. So now in the draft, and I just want to go over this with you. The Browns added Greg Newsom from Northwestern. Exactly. I didn't know he gave up zero completions on third that's, down and fourth down last year. That's why when I told you you had a you got a good one, I meant you got a good one. I agree with you. Now, here's the really scary part. Greedy's not going to start. Really? Your two outside corners are going to be Newsom and Denzel Ward with Greedy in the slot. I think I'm, I'm pretty convinced that your boys are going to give up zero points this season. I wouldn't go that far. Because the 17th game they added was Arizona. It's being hopeful, you know? Just Listen. Now, here's something that came out of this. So they, they get Newsom in the first round. They get JOK in the second round. Um, in round three, they take a wide receiver from Auburn by the name of Anthony Schwartz, who scarily ran a faster 40 in his pro day than Tyreek Hill did. Whew. Dude can fly. 
legit fly. So now the Browns have taken a corner. They've taken the best linebacker in the draft. And now they've taken somebody who can take the top off the defense. And then to add insult to injury, they took Tommy Togiai from Ohio State later in the draft, the defensive tackle, mm. who set the record for most reps at the mm -hmm. pro day on the bench press. Yeah, just pushing weight. I didn't know what I was watching. This is the Cleveland Browns. Their best GM before Andrew Berry was Kevin Costner. Lost for words, man. I mean, I get, they take Anthony Schwartz in, in that round. They get Togiai later in the draft. They took another guy. Hold on. Who was the other one? I got to look this up because I'm um, I'm at a loss because they just added everywhere that he goes. So they get uh, James Hudson, who's an offensive tackle. So they get depth on the offensive line. Um, they get Tommy Togiai. Now, Hudson is the guy I was telling you about from Cleveland Central Catholic mm -hmm. who went to Cincinnati. So now you add depth on the offensive line, which you had issues with due to COVID last year. You get Togi at 132. You get safety Richard LeCount at 169 and Dominic Felton from UCLA, the running back, at 211. That's a heck of a draft. I mean, that's a heck of a draft. No, I, I would absolutely agree. And that's why, as you mentioned on, on my show a little while ago, when you gave them A, I, I had absolutely rebut no rebuttal for you because it, it made perfect sense. I mean, you add JOK to a linebacking core with Jacob Phillips and Sione Takitaki, who had great years last year. Now pieces like Carl Joseph and Ronnie Harrison are coming off the bench. They're now depth pieces who had a start last year because of, because of injury. Um. All right, so I'm looking at the Bears' picks. So I want to run through them, obviously. Uh, Justin Fields at number 11. Mm -hmm. uh, Tevin Jenkins at number 39. 151, Larry Borum, like you had mentioned, the offensive tackle out of Mizzou. Um, Khalil Herbert, the running back out of Vatek. That's a nice depth piece for you guys. It is. He's another um, – it's not an area of need with David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen and those guys – but he's a nice depth piece if somebody goes down. Stick him on the practice squad. Let him impersonate whoever's number one running back for your scout team, and he's going to be a great addition. Not to mention that they also signed uh, Damian Williams this offseason as well, too. So another running back to, and, yeah. to that core. Um, they added defensive tackle from BYU, Karis Tonga. You know, those boys from BYU, they can play, and they're sneaky good. Just ask the Jets. Um, <laughs> all right. Now I, I got to get back into the top of the draft. I was I was going to ask you if you could possibly, because I, I, I knew you had some, you mentioned it very briefly on my show just a little bit ago. Uh, can you can you delve into a little bit of pick number 24? Pick number 24. Yeah. 24, first run. Now I'm worried that I'm not understanding who it is. Give me a second. It's from your second favorite team. Oh, is this Quiddy Pay? 24, 24, 24. 
<laughs> you found it, huh? <sighs> Who's going to block for him? That's, they got a personal problem right now, as far as I'm concerned. Here's, yeah. It, it, <sighs> I just wanted to get your blood boiling for a little bit. That's With all. the exception of Derrick Henry, when is the last time Bama had a good running back come out and contribute? Ingram has been a bust. Trent Richardson was the second biggest bust this side of Ryan Leaf. Wow. And the there only, it is. The only thing T. Rich didn't do was get arrested. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. Shots fired. <laughs> but they robbed the Colts blind. Touche. How are we going to get traded for a first-round pick and then cut? Good question. No disrespect to Najee Harris, who's a very talented running back. This ain't Bama's offensive line blocking for you. You are now running in a division where there are all pros all over defensive lines in Baltimore and in Cleveland. Not to mention, uh, I just I just read the headline yesterday or the day before. Didn't uh, they lose Alejandro Villanueva? To the Ravens. Oh, perfect. Division and the, rival. And the first thing Villanueva did was take shots at Juju, which I thought was great. Really? I didn't hear that. He said he prefers a run first team because all wide receivers do is put videos up for their TikToks. Oh, man. That is a shot. Whew. That was wonderful. Oh, your boy McAfee had a field day with it. <laughs> oh, I could, ima- I could imagine. So who else did the Steelers? Let's dive into the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Who have the poster child for um, the Me Too movement and Ben Roethlisberger under center. Um, <laughs> if you couldn't tell, I really don't like that dude. No, I mean, rightfully so. He's... Although, hey, we got something right from our mock draft. They took Pat Fryermuth in the second round. Did they really? They did, and we had it. Well, we had him mocked in the first round because we didn't think there was any real quick fix for Pittsburgh in the first round. Najee Harris is not the quick fix. Um, who else did they take? Let's see. I'm, I'm looking right now. Third round, they took uh, Kendrick Green, a guard from Illinois. Look at that. All right, so you get a Big Ten offensive uh, offensive guard, right? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So you get a big, you get a Big Ten offensive lineman. Always a good thing to do. But you get maybe the fiftieth lineman on the in the not fiftieth. I'm sorry, fifteenth or twentieth lineman in the draft. When you had Eichenberg sitting there, because yeah. Eichenberg went round two, mm-hmm. and Najee Harris would have been there in round two. Because if you look at everybody behind the Steelers in round one, so they went at 24, 25. I don't think Jacksonville trades back into the first round to take Najee Harris. Probably uh, not. 26, the Browns are not taking a running back. No. Don't need one. 27, Baltimore's not taking a running back, although I like the Bateman pick. That was nice. That was nice. Uh, let's see. Houston needs everything, so defensive end. Well, um, no, it uh it's not Houston. It was, that was New Orleans. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at his school. Sorry. New Orleans needs everything. So, yeah, they. I don't think they were going to go offensive because they got Kamara. They weren't taking a running back. Right. Um, Green, we Bay. All, Green Bay was going to screw the pooch. Um, Buffalo wasn't going to take a running back. 
Baltimore had another pick in the first round. They weren't taking a running back. And what are the, the Buccaneers weren't taking? They just signed Gio Bernard and kept Leonard Fournette. They weren't taking a running back. They've, they've kept bravo to the Bucs for being able to Agreed. figure it out to keep everybody. You brought you brought the band back. I listen, I, I think it's wonderful that they did that. And the only problem is the Browns got so much better. Are you are you calling you doing a way too early prediction? Browns? No. Okay. 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 I may be wearing the colors outside of the row seven shirt. Okay. But I am not doing that. Okay. Because remember, the team that picked at thirty one was not the Super Bowl runner up. They went out and got everybody to play offensive line. They brought a dude out of retirement. They made a huge trade. I'm pretty sure they drafted offensive line later in the draft. So Kansas City is still the favorite. you got to beat the man to be the man. So Kansas City is still my favorite, as is Tampa. But if you ask me who's nipping on their heels, the Browns are right on their heels. The de facto – we talked about this before. The de facto AFC Championship game was that divisional round game between the Browns and the uh, Chiefs. Because we both know both teams were going to smoke Buffalo. Right. So I want to dive back into Cincinnati real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I know you were on Twitter before the pick was announced, before I lost my mind. Um, and then, by the way, in round three, they took an edge rusher. You and I have been fans of teams that have not made big or good decisions in the drafts, whether it's my two teams I've rooted for in my life in the Browns and the Jets, your Bears. What is it going to take for Cincinnati to realize they have now just possibly hampered their franchise for the next two or three years? Because I'm going to put it to you this way. Baltimore secondary is stacked. Pittsburgh has a phenomenal pass rush and a good second level. Cleveland just retooled their entire defense. And by the way, you now have to run from Miles Garrett on one side and Jadeveon Clowney on the other. And it's also not out of the realm of possibility that Sheldon Richardson takes a pay cut and comes back. I mean, it's, it's essentially the proverbial nail in the coffin. I mean, at this point, you just hope that you can keep Joe Burrow upright this season and he doesn't blow out the other knee because they're gonna need they're gonna need a lot of prayers, a lot of help. I, I just don't understand it though. What do you think is going through the minds of NFL GMs when they have that decision in front of them? Because here's the thing they asked Joe Burrow what he thought of getting Jamar Chase, and he loved it because that's his boy. They set records at LSU. But at what point in time? Do you take that decision out of the quarterback's hands? Because the quarterbacks don't want more dudes to throw the ball to. That's just who they are. When do you take that decision out of the quarterback's hands? Because I, I bet you Baker wanted a wide receiver in the first round. Of course, but when you have when you've sustained a significant long term injury that could hamper your career, you know, could shorten your career or end a career, I, I think that's when you have to basically say, you know, we pre- we appreciate your input, but we need to do this to protect you. Here's one for you. 
do you think Cincinnati ever turns this around? Not in the foreseeable future. No, me neither. And here's the scary part. I don't like crowning people as franchise quarterbacks after the first season. I don't. Um, I didn't crown Baker because we didn't know what he was going to be going ahead. I've done it now. Baker is the is the franchise quarterback for the Browns. But I broke my rule. Joe Burrow is the franchise quarterback for Cincinnati. He is. And listen, I love him. I, I really want him to succeed. I, I don't have any hatred towards him. I would love for him to go 14-2 and two every year, and his two losses are to the Cleveland Browns. There you go. Can't kind ask for like, Kind of like LeBron. He can go 80-2 and two, as long as those two losses are to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I I don't know. I mean, this it was just it was just a bad call on their behalf, and now they're going to suffer the consequences. And I feel sorry for their for their fans because they have to openly admit they they know that yeah they they got a fantastic wide receiver, but we've seen the proof that when your quarterback does not have protection, they're not going to be able to make those passes regardless. You've seen it in the Super Bowl, yeah, you've seen it over and over and over again. And it's the recipe for disaster when you when you lose an offensive lineman or several offensive linemen. So for them not to bolster, what why, why? No, I agree with you. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you because we spent some time on the Browns, we did a little bit with your Bears. What do you think flipped the switch in Chicago? Because I remember you and I talking about this, and me, I was just wanting to light you up and get you going because you had had it. Yeah, I mean. What changed? I mean, the fact that they that the entire city of Chicago was looking to basically put a firing squad on Nagy and Pace. I think that's it. And and you already have people going off the deep end, similar to like myself, who are just like, I'm renouncing my fandom, no more season tickets, not, not buying any more gear, not supporting the franchise, don't care about the draft. I think when you go that far and they're – Regardless, if it's a if it's a small podcast like you and I uh, have and operate, they're hearing the chatter. They know exactly how fans feel. And when you ha- when you're at wit's end and you've reached that that point that pinnacle of frustration, you got to do something right. And I'm glad that they finally did because it's it all it takes is just one or two simple moves that can just right the ship and point your organization in the right direction or get it trending in the right direction. I agree, and I got to tell you. If it's the fans that did this, bravo, you know, hats off to you Bears fans because the Chicago Bears is a proud franchise. Absolutely. They're they're a proud franchise with a championship tradition, maybe the most iconic Super Bowl team of all time. Um, And they're so good as a franchise that Rex Grossman took them to a Super Bowl. Listen, this is a blue collar city. We just want to win. I'm, I wasn't around in 85. Yes, I can go back and look at videos and, you know, I have throwback jerseys from some of those guys back in the day, but that doesn't resonate with me anymore. I need something 2021 and beyond and, you know, beyond. That's what I need. I want some, some sustained success from here going forward, just like you want with your boys. Cause you've gone through it. You've seen it. You've had a laundry list of terrible quarterbacks and now you finally got one. And now you got a, a squad around them. That's ready to compete and potential contenders for years to come. That's what you want. Yeah, I agree with you, and I will say this. Um, the only jersey I would want from that Bears team is William Perry. 
Okay. I want the fridge. I still think it was disrespectful that let Walter Payton score a touchdown on that Super Bowl, but that's just me. Um, so here's another team I think had a pretty good draft that no one's talking about, and it's gone very quietly. And that's Atlanta. Took arguably the best athlete, I would say. Yeah, when we did our mock draft with Frank, um, I had said that I felt he was going to be the first uh, pass catcher off the board. He's a hybrid. And the com- the comparison I made when we were on with Tone was if Gronk is Arnold in the Terminator, this guy's Robert Patrick. He's the T-1000 because he has more speed and he can still run dudes over. Now, the problem is he can't block to save his life. So you have to split him out. He essentially becomes a wide receiver. Now, in round two, they took uh, Richie Grant, the safety out of UCF. UCF's always had a good secondary, and their players have translated well to the NFL. I think their third round pick was as much of an indictment it is to you because you're because when you have to read that name of the school he went to, yeah, the kid from up there, uh, Jalen Mayfield, um, and he's an offensive tackle. Tackles from the Big Ten translate a la Joe Thomas. Mm-hmm. So Orlando Pace. Um, so I'm losing the hat. Um, it's toasting here. So I like Mayfield. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Where he went to school does not take away from his prospect status, does not take away from his talent, takes away from his decision making. Um, sorry, you know how I am. No, I know. I get it. <laughs> you have an allegiance that you will wear till the day that you're gone. It's blood hate is what it is. <laughs> um, off topic, I find it funny that the Baltimore Ravens took a guy with the last name Cleveland in the draft. They did. That was that was. I found that funny and a slap in the face all at the same time. Um, who did they take in round four? The Falcons, or did they not have it? Uh, they, they got Drew uh, in the center out of Stanford. Center. Yep. Looks like they're trying to build around Matty Ice. I mean, you you got who else do they have as the backup? I think I asked that on your podcast. Um, I need to actually. I probably need to look that up because I don't know their depth chart. Atlanta Falcons. Let's see. And they signed Juwan Green. Let's see. AJ McCarron. How about that? Yeah, drop your phone. Let's go back to Alabama. Like I said, outside of Ken Stabler, Joe Namath, and Richard Todd, they've been nothing but glorified backups for the last 50 years. Um, Speaking of Alabama. Mac Jones at 15 to the New England Patriots. Other than the stuff with San Francisco, maybe the worst kept secret in the NFL. That if he did not go in the top few, he was going to fall to Bill Belichick and now become the heir apparent to Cam Newton. Still funny to say. Yeah. And I didn't call him scam. Uh, how much money do you think he honestly took from Auburn? A substantial amount. Yeah, we're talking a Hummer and something else to be purchased. Good chance. But he, but he won him a natty. Mm-hmm. So 
Mac Jones with Bill Belichick. What a lot of people don't know is Nick Saban was on Bill Belichick's staff in Cleveland when he was the head coach of the Browns. They're all part of that Parcells coaching tree. Mm-hmm. Here's something else people don't remember. Nick Saban used to be the uh, defensive coordinator at Ohio State once upon a time, too. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was there under John Cooper uh, before he went to Michigan State. Will Mac Jones, never mind his draft stock, never mind anything else, when you have the team he had at Alabama, you better have a year like that. But the question I have for you is, will he translate and will he play day one? Or is he going to sit a year and Cam Newton's going to play? He will play year one, but I think they're going to give Cam the, the fair shot in year two with New England. And if he fails, probably... And not to say that he will, but I mean, by all accords, he might. I would say, like I've given uh, the previous quarterbacks in Chicago, three to four games max, and then he will probably take a seat. So basically, you'd give Cam the first quarter of the season? Roughly. Unless it's unless he's bad out the gate, like game one, then they might hand the ball over to him in game two. But I think you, you'd probably give Cam at least three to four games and kind of see if you can maybe go two and two, if not, you know, three and one. I don't know. So then let's break down the AFC East a little bit. I just got to adjust the cushion on the chair here. The scary part is the New York Jets had a phenomenal draft. I was I was gonna I was looking at theirs and I was hoping that you were gonna bring them up. I usually I wouldn't. Right. Um, but the Jets had I blew my mind. We knew Zach Wilson was going number two overall. For them to then take their second pick and take Elijah Vera Tucker that was huge. Guard out of USC, that's huge because Becton was very, very good last year. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had – who did they, they have around two? Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, the dynamic wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I don't think they picked an offensive weapon for Sam Darnold. Wrap your head around that one. He was set up to fail. Joe Douglas wasn't his GM. Fair point. Fair point. Um, yeah, they so they take Elijah Moore in round two at pick thirty-four. Um, no, no one in round three. I remember that. Then they took a uh, running back. I want to say four. Let's see. Let's see. Michael Carter out of North Carolina again. Dynamic running back, especially since they're big free agents now in Kansas City. Lev Bell. Oh yes. Forgot about that. Uh, five. Did they have a pick? Uh, five. Yes, they took Jamie and Sherwood, a safety out of Auburn. Again, a need that they filled. Mm-hmm. Will he play? Don't know. But a need that they filled. So the Jets actually did things according to what they needed. So you have the Jets team with Zach Wilson taking over day one. You have the Buffalo Bills coming off a spot in the AFC Championship game with uh, not Jared Allen, Josh Allen. Yep. And and Mitch Trubisky is a backup. <laughs> Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitchell. Yeah. You know what? It would be an absolute indictment if for whatever reason, heaven forbid, that something happened to Allen and Trubisky had to go in and he played substantially well. 
a backup coming in playing substantially well when he's not planned for is how Tua almost won a Heisman. A backup playing well when he's not planned for is not an indictment on anyone, but the other team not making plays, a la Chad Henney in the AFC Divisional round last year. Okay. Him turning into the next Ryan Tannehill somewhere, there's your indictment. Because Adam Gase will never coach again in the NFL. Oh, God, please no. Remember that draft, that uh, press conference he did where he was just on acid or something? He's the second creepiest dude to ever play in the NFL. <laughs> he was just... Joe Namath being the creepiest. He's out there. He does the Medicare commercials that come out of my house, and I laugh every single time. I've, se- I've seen him, too. I've seen him, too. <laughs> He's sober. That's good. Um, so... <laughs> Always sell sell shots. I'm on fire tonight. You are. You are on fire. And then we get to Miami. Uh Uh-huh. Who takes Jalen Waddell in round one. They take Eichenberg, the um, offensive tackle from Notre Dame in round two. Um, Is this anybody's division or is this still the Bills to win? I got to say it's still the Bills to win. By, by my standards, but I mean, I think we've talked about this before, and I've kind of always been on the fence about it. But I'm just not entirely sold with uh, Tua as their quarterback. I'm not sold on Tua either. Um, and let me go a little deeper in what Frank and I were talking about quick when we did the mock draft. Frank and I did a mock draft the night after the national championship game when LSU, not LSU, um, when Clemson beat Bama uh-huh. um, in Trevor Lawrence's freshman year. And the only part that got any kind of heated was when we were discussing Tua. And I brought up a couple of things that just it can't be argued. He looks at different things in film. I look at the numbers. And the stat I brought up was this. Of the three guys in the Heisman that year, Three finalists were Tua, um, uh, what's his name, that won it, Kyler Murray, and Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State. Here is what I did. I went back and watched the teams that they played against. In 14 games, Kyler Murray played one top 25, or I'm sorry, two top 25 defenses in three games. Texas twice, the Red River, and then the um, Big 12 championship and TCU. Um, he was good. He wasn't great. Maybe 60% completion, uh, more touchdowns and picks. His rushing yards were down and his average yards per game were down. Tua played two top 25 defenses. He threw as many picks as interceptions. His quarterback or his completion percentage was down 20% from games against other teams, and he threw for 175 less yards. Dwayne Haskins played seven of the top 25. Eight if you go to 35, and they had Northwestern that year in the Big Ten Championship. Mm-hmm. Haskins completed 72% of his passes. He threw 19 touchdowns 
one interception. And he averaged 337 yards through the air against competition that could suit up and play with them. This was my whole point. Everybody can suit up and play with you at the next level. Tua did not show me anything last year. I mean, and now there's film on him. It's also a testament to kind of show that, yeah, they were willing. They they put him in a couple of games, but they inevitably went back to Fitz Magic, which and now you don't have him there no more. So, good luck. And now he's in Washington. Yep. With a team that almost beat the Bucks. Who was their quarterback? Well, they had Alex Smith, and he then hurt. yeah, and then that the, that kid who came in and played that uh, that game. I forgot his name. Exactly. And he didn't play bad either. No, he didn't. Now you have Fitz Magic. You have Terry McLaurin. You have Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. And you have that defense. And Dave Gettleman traded out of the first round. Mm-hmm. I, I was. I was a believer in Washington last year, but I think I'm a little even more of a believer now because everybody thinks this, like, oh, it's Cowboys, 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 and then it's just a handful of Eagles. I will sleep on Washington. No, let's do a little exercise, you and me. Let's go through each division. Uh-huh. Let's talk about the teams in each division. Uh-huh. Let's talk about which team we thought won the draft out of their four division op- opponents. Okay. Well, let's start in the NFC East. Uh-huh. Scarily. Dallas won the draft. Michael Parsons is a massive upgrade. It was huge. Um, did, uh, the Giants obviously trade out of the first round, mm-hmm. giving you your number 11 pick of Justin Fields. Um, Washington, round one, who did they take? Uh, linebacker out of uh, Davis out of Kentucky. Yeah. JOK was there. Um, so they add to an already very good unit. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia traded up for Devontae Smith. I mean, they did the same the same thing the year before to take uh, Jalen Rager. He was terrible. How did that pan out? Philly's offense as a whole was terrible last year. Let's not grade Rager on a bad rookie year with a bad offense. Okay. Okay. I would have to say Dallas won that because their biggest deficiency was in the front seven. They add Micah Parsons. If you're going to go one player, that's the biggest name that was added to the Dallas Cowboys. Go to the other side, the AFC East. Did the Jets win the draft in that division? I think they did. Uh Uh-huh. The tide is turning. Yeah, all the bad teams are starting to make good decisions. Let's go to the AFC South. I'm going to say it. Urban won that draft. Yeah, I mean. You get your franchise quarterback. You get his favorite outlet receiver. You bring in a competent tight end who you know can play in your scheme. You know, I, I think they may have won that draft. The only team I think from the AFC South that could say they really took a shot at winning that draft 
Um, really, the Colts bringing in Quiddy Pay to play the edge on a very good defense. That that defense is already pretty stacked. So shout out to Joey because his boys just got, exactly. got a good pick. Um, and I'm sorry, the Giants did not trade out of the first round. They traded down to your number twenty and took Kadarius right. Tony, but it's he's not going to have the impact that. I think Micah Parsons will have on Dallas's defense. That's not going to do it for them. They need line. Yeah. So NFC South, um, scarily enough, I think Tampa Bay not only brought everybody back, but they won the draft <laughs> because very quietly they drafted Brady's successor in Kyle Trask. Yeah. I mean, the rich just got much richer. And they took – I know Tone wanted Owe at the end of the first round, but they ended up taking Joe Try on the edge guy who I actually mocked to the Browns at 26 at one point in time um, before I took Rousseau out of Miami in that mock. <laughs> Listen, the you're right. The rich got richer. They brought everybody back, and then they decided to get younger at the edge position because JPP is a free agent after this year. So, um, I'm going to make this easy for you. The Chicago Bears won the NFC North in the draft. They have their franchise quarterback. They added to a piece of their team that they needed to add to in line help. Mm -hmm. They get a nice depth piece at running back. Minnesota in that first round took. The only other, I think the only other team that I can say that did considerably well was the Lions and take Penny Sewell. Yeah. That was huge. Had you guys not taken um, Justin Fields, I would have given the draft win for the division to Detroit just by protecting Jared Goff, um, which I think they were the, the Rams were lacking a little bit his last couple of years. Yeah, their offensive line play wasn't as good. Uh, Todd Gurley being a huge example of that, mm -hmm. his production just falling off. So, I'll, listen, I'll give your nod to the – to the Bears, and I will give the assist for the nod to the Bears to the Green Bay Packers. Thank you. The Cheeseheads send their thanks. Um, AFC North. It's the Browns. The Browns may have won the whole thing as far as the draft goes. Now you just got to put it together on the field. But when you add a shutdown corner to Denzel Ward, when you add a lockdown linebacker, who, by the way, they have video of him running with Devontae Smith in that championship uh, semifinal. Unreal. You add a stout defensive tackle. You add offensive tackle depth. You add the fastest dude in the draft to a team that, after Odell got hurt, badly needed someone who could take the top off the defense. Andrew Berry hit every need. And didn't give up a lot of draft capital to trade up to fifty-two to get JOK. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt. I think the Steelers picking Najee Harris may have been the second stupidest thing of the night. Only trumped by Cincinnati. <laughs> I feel, Baltimore, I, I legitimately feel sorry for those boys. I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I can't either. Baltimore did get good, or did get make some good picks. Odafi Owe, the edge rusher out of Penn State, is going to be a nice piece to that defense. Where was the other pick that they had? And then, of course, the Rashad Bateman pick, uh, another weapon for uh, Lamar. 
you know what? Let's call that a flat-out tie with just what we're talking about here because the Ravens also added to areas of need. Because of what they did in the offseason, what they're doing right now in the offseason as well, too. Adding Sammy Watkins, adding Zeitler, adding Villanueva. They have really done what the Browns have done. Um, Tones just sent me a note. He was live with Bucketeers. That's why he didn't jump on. Oh, good. Um, so we'll, we'll call the AFC North a flat-footed tie with the biggest L coming from the AFC North as well. The AFC West is where it gets interesting because – Kansas City didn't pick in the first round because of the trades they made to bolster their offensive line. So here's where we're going to have the longest conversation of the night in the last one, because the NFC West was easily won by the San Francisco 49ers, taking Trey Lance and leaving Jimmy Garoppolo there. So here's where the conversation goes. We dipped into this with your brother a little about an hour ago. Is Aaron Rodgers headed to mile high? I think so. There's... There doesn't seem to be any type of mending of a relationship in Green Bay, and I never thought I would see the day, but it looks like the day is coming. He's not going to be in a Green Bay Packer uniform, and and that's kudos to my brother-in-law, who is a diehard uh, Bronco fan. So if they get him, I'm sure he will be jumping for joy. I think so, too. Um, it, like we've learned in the last few years. John Elway can take a generational veteran quarterback toward the end of his career and get to a couple Super Bowls. Um, if they get him, they will have won the offseason by getting the best quarterback available and adding him to a team that wasn't bad last year. Mm -mm. A lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Realistically, their biggest hole was kind of at quarterback. True lock was a waste of time. And I didn't want to go that harsh, but I mean, if, if you look at it, their defense, you got certain or certain in the first round, which is. That's what I'm talking about. Huge. I mean, if, who else did they get? Not, not to mention one of your boys in the third round, uh, Baron Browning. Yeah. And he's. And that defense, that defense already in, uh, in Denver is pretty stout. So. Who did they take in round two? Uh, Brown was round three. They took a, a, a running back out of North Carolina, I think I want to say. No, that, was, um, that wasn't the Broncos. Michael Carter went to New Orleans, maybe? Hold on. Now I got to look it up. Oh, they did. They took Javante Williams. You're right. I was because they had the two. And I'm pretty sure they had a decent defensive line or offensive line. Seventh round, uh, sixth round, Seth Williams out of Auburn. I'm looking yep. to pull it up. The defensive back, right? Uh, he's a wide receiver, but they wide took. Receiver, I'm sorry. They took us uh, in the seventh. They took uh, Kerry Vincent Jr. Okay. Out of LSU, cornerback. They think they're DBU, but it's Ohio State. Um, where did Sean Wade land? Baltimore. Yes. Yeah, it's a flat-footed tie in the AFC North. Um, so let's talk about the impact on the AFC if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver. And again, this is all hyperbole if it doesn't happen. Kansas City is going to be tested in the division for the first time in a few years. Mm -hmm. And that's oh. what Rodgers 
by all reports, that's what Roger says. He wants to play against Mahomes. They want to have those two matchups and potentially, you know, a a playoff type of matchup going into Super Bowl time. If they play twice a year for the next couple of years, are we talking about the last two of the greatest to do it, having to go to war twice a year, possibly three, depending on how the playoffs roll out? Because that would be fun. It, oh, it would be. Because we've never seen that. We've never seen two generational talents like that play each other twice a year every year. Peyton didn't have that in the in the AFC when he was there. Brady only paid, played Peyton outside of the playoffs once every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Favre didn't play against anybody. El- Elway, what are you kidding me? Elway's biggest competition in the AFC though back then was Bernie Kosar. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it would it would be must see TV to say the least. Like those well, are I agree. primetime games each and every time. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So one last topic, and then I want to round this, wrap this up because you and I have been going almost an hour already. And I'm getting tired. Oh. I feel you, man. I'm I'm hurting over here too, so I got you. Yeah, but it's 10 o'clock here. Yeah. <laughs> so we wrapped up the draft. We talked about picks. We talked about our teams. Um, we talked about things that made us scratch our heads. Cincinnati, Miami, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. Dig into your depths in the first round. Pull it up and have it in front of you real quick. All right. Okay. Non-quarterbacks. Uh-huh. So, in this decision making, no Wilson, no Lawrence, no Fields, no Mac Jones, no Trey Lance. Okay. Which one of those 27 players do you think will make the biggest impact on their team going into next year? Oh. I, I had a name on the top of my on the top of my head, and it kind of pains me to say this because I I do not like their fan base and I do not like their organization, but I got to say the Dallas Cowboys. You're Micah Parsons. Yeah. Since you you took mine, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go somewhere else. And this one makes me hurt more than you could ever possibly fathom. But it's quitty pay. And you knew where I was going the minute yeah, I, I did. Talking like that. I did. I was actually scrolling, and I was just looking for Michigan in the first <laughs> round. <laughs> but listen, that was a very good defense last year. That was yeah. With what they had at the second level, which got hurt because one of their better linebackers went to the Browns. Um, but with what they had at the second level and in the defensive backfield, they needed an edge rusher, and Quiddy Pay is a good, good edge rusher. I think he can step in and be a guy that disrupts an offense and one that bolsters a very good defense that really had Buffalo, you know, by the stones to get to the second round. Didn't get it done because their defense couldn't hold Buffalo, but what are you going to do? Yeah. So, Alex, tell us where Row 7 can be found, including the place you didn't know it could be found. (laughs) Yes. 
So Row 7 Podcast, check me out on Twitter at Row 7 Podcast. Uh, tweeting and commenting on all the latest and greatest in sports. Uh, right now, we're obviously in full swing of baseball, so I'm all over baseball. But you can listen to my podcast on Spotify, uh, Apple, Deezer, Stitcher, and now Amazon Podcast, which I recently found out. But all my podcasts are actually on there. So thank you, Amazon, and thank you, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> so now all we got to do is say, Alexa, play row seven. Exactly. And, and as I found out this morning, because I had my mom do it on the phone, Alexa, play Big Recon on sports. And there it is. Big Recon can be found on Google, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, Amazon, Radio Public, uh, Facebook, Big Recon on sports, Twitter at Big Recon on sport. And of course, on uh, Periscope on Twitter and on YouTube, where you'll see this video. So here's what I got coming up for Big Recon. I have to do a Mets breakdown of the first month and a half of the season. So we're going to take a week off, hopefully take two weeks off, because the little man will be home. Hey, there we um, go. <sighs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Uh, but then I'm going to get into a breakdown of what the Mets look like, and I'll do a little bit on Ohio State spring football, where three five-star recruits are going after the job that Justin Fields just left. So, Alex, thank you again. I'm gonna listen. We got to get baseball going again. We got to get tone away from Bucketeers. I know he won a Super Bowl, but that's getting ridiculous. I mean, it's riding high, and and the yeah, fact yeah. that the fact that you got, like I said, we kept, they kept the band together and added in a draft. Wow, scary. It is scary. So, thanks for watching, everybody. We will come at you again very soon. I will have the Mets breakdown done in the next couple of weeks. Alex, tone. We've already set the date. Right around the All-Star break, we'll break down the first half of the Major League Baseball season, but we'll see each other between now and then. Oh, 100%. I mean, the, the fact that we're like a month and change into the baseball season and so much has gone on, we've seen already three no-hitters, it's, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. We're going to talk about means next time we talk. I, I was. We're not going to go into it right now because it's a whole conversation. Exactly. Whole conversation. Have, a, have a great rest of your night. Enjoy the weekend. And most importantly, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there that get to watch this, including mine. My wife, my mother-in-law, um, my sister. Yes, happy Mother's Day. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.